Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to the Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, where spirits soar higher than our cocktail garnishes. I'm your host, Matthew Henry, the Shaker Maestro, ready to mix up another batch of boozy brilliance. And with me, as always, is the man who needs no introduction, but gets an extravagant one anyway, Ben Henry, the Grand Marshal of Muddling. Dawn today in a cape made entirely of vintage cocktail napkins and wielding a muddler scepter like a king ruling over his kingdom of crushed ice and mint leaves. So grab your favorite glass and let's dive into the liquid lore that keeps our glasses half full and our spirits overflowing. Cheers, Ben. Grand Marshal of Muddling. This was very similar to last week's. Yeah. I I had a I had a, a robe of cocktail napkins. I had a scepter, which I think I mentioned was good for corporal punishment. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I've been I've been playing around with the prompts for chat GPT on this. And you mm-hmm. know, I tell it that it would be funny if it wore if you wore something, but I think it's running out of things to like you know, cocktail related to make you wear and use. So maybe I need to lose that part of it. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. It's a work in progress, Ben. But, you know, you are the Grand Marshal of Muddling, at least. I am. I am. And who wouldn't want to be the Grand Marshal of Squashing Berries? N- nobody wouldn't want to. And or yeah. or sugar cubes. Sure. Saturated in bitters. Yes. Or mint leaves. Yeah. Gently tap, tap, tapped. To release just a small amount of the oils and to not overly tear them. Right. Yeah. Or other fruits for that matter. Apples, watermelon. You know, there's lots of things to muddle. Oh, yeah. That's a great way to make a watermelon margarita, by the way, is just to muddle in some watermelon right into into the cocktail. Perhaps that will happen sometime as we get into warmer weather. Well, how are you? How's the week? How's the week been going? How is my How has my week been going? You know what, Matthew, whenever we get to this point of the show, the only thing I, yeah, all I can remember is this show. Like, you know, the question's coming and you never have any thoughts on it. And then I think what happened this week. And then I think back to the last time that I was sitting here in this, my little closet and, and all I can remember is, is sitting in here. And then I think, oh yeah, well you made this cocktail that's what you're holding in your hand. And so I'm beginning to think, Matthew, that I don't actually exist outside of this room, that that I am actually a simulation and and I only exist when we're recording the podcast. So therefore, Matthew, I had no week at all. My week was non-existent. Mm-hmm. All right, engineers, he's on to us. <laughs> figuring it out. <laughs> we'll have to fix that uh, post-production, guys. Yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to create a new instance of me and then have it record what I did in the week. And it'll sound slightly <laughs> off. It'll be like super bright and a little bit stilted. <laughs> That's just drunk Ben. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that was my week. How <laughs> was your week, Matthew? <laughs> uh, you know, the week was good. I, you know, I, 
I, I work for a nonprofit and we started our big fundraising drive this week and and we had actually a really good start to it. So that's always a good thing when you're trying to raise money to help your community and 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 people give early. So I I that was a good part of my week. And the the younger the, the girl didn't have any soccer games this weekend, but grandmother came to visit. Oh, right. And whenever grandmother comes to visit, you know, she brings stuff. It's it's an adventure. And yeah, so it's it's been a good week, and and I've actually had a good uh, fun time developing this week's cocktail, and uh, I'm excited to to share it today. So, yeah, my week was you know nothing nothing too out of the out of the ordinary, but uh, but a nice one. The the one thing that has stood out this week is that it started to rain again. Mm-hmm. And what's weird is that it just rains on the weekends. Like you know, it'll there might be some rain during the week, but. Really, when I'm ready to like go on a hike or go do something outdoors, then the rain comes. And this weekend was just like that. And so I, my question to you today is, what do you usually find yourself doing on a rainy weekend? Like anything different? Do you, you know, do you do anything that's, you know, that you, you wouldn't normally do because you can't go outside? Hmm. Play Dungeons and Dragons and I drink. You do that no matter if it's rain or shine. Don't you? <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's exactly that's what I do. It's what I do on the weekends. I watch sports when they have the good grace to be on the television. And uh and during this time of season, Matthew, believe it or not, I will even deign to watch men drive uh and then occasionally a woman drive motor vehicles around in a circle for hours. But they didn't even do that. So, uh, yeah, because no, it was raining, it was right? Yeah, it <laughs> rains are worse. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? Like, what? I, I, uh, okay, so first. I get it. You're not one of those outdoorsy types. I'm not. I'm not. You're not one that really needs to do anything outside. Not. And, well, but I do walk. And you know what? I I will walk in the rain because, like, whatever. Okay. Yeah. You just, you know, you got you to gotta get the miles in. You got to get the miles in. So you walk in the rain. And. And I actually kind of like it. I like walking in the rain. You feel this certain solitude and and you can kind of just like reflect on on the world. I don't know. It just it feels cozy both when it's happening and then when you come home from walking in the rain, it's even more cozy. I could see that. That does sound appealing. I just don't like the only thing about walking in the rain is that I my feet get wet. And my, and if I'm wearing like jeans, I don't like wet jeans against my legs. Like that just isn't a very pleasant feeling. And so that's what goes to my mind. And, you know, I love to run. And so that's one of the things that, that goes away when I'm running on, when on the weekends is that I don't go running out in the rain because I don't really enjoy it. And I do usually try to find a treadmill, which, you know, I work at a gym, so that's a little bit easier than others to find. But yeah, so, I mean, the, the outdoor stuff it does throw a wrinkle into my routine because my weekend routine always involves going for a run. And when it's raining, then I got to like, you know, figure out a plan B and, and frankly, often and more than not, the plan B is just don't do it. And, and that's messing with my, my healthy living, you know, kind of plan of the new year, Ben, you know, when, when I can't run on the weekends. So I have to go. You just got to run in the, you got to run in the way. You got a one in a wing, you big wissy. I do. I got a one in a wing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what time it is. Is it that time? It is that time for tip, tip of, of the, the day. day. Tip of the day, Ben. No, wait. Hang. 
Wait, 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 wait. It says, wait, hang on. Observation, Observation of, of the, the day. day! <laughs> you changed it. I did. I, I figured you were running out of tips. You know, there's only so many tips you can give. Cheapskate. And so I thought that maybe we would create a tip slash observation because, you know, sometimes and, and maybe to some this could be a tip. Others, it could just be like a nice reminder or a, oh, yeah, it's interesting to think about kind of thing. So that's kind of why I changed the name. But, you know, we can still call it tip of the day. It does. It rolls off the tongue a little bit better than observation of the day. All right. Fine. Forgiven. Uh, but my tip of the day or observation of the day is around stirring versus shaking your cocktail. And some may not know the, the reasons why you would stir versus shake. And generally, you shake a cocktail when it has citrus and a sweetener because you need those two to combine and stirring often doesn't do that. Uh, it also shaking aerates the drink and gives it more body. And then it also dilutes uh, the drink uh, more significantly than than stirring. So there's reasons to shake a cocktail. Uh, but when you stir a cocktail, generally you're stirring it because it only is a it's what we call a spirit forward cocktail, uh, usually like a martini or you know a Manhattan. These ones that don't have like citrus in them uh, can be stirred in a stirring glass or a mixing glass rather. So so I thought I'd talk a little bit about uh, why you would do that. And when you're stirring, you're basically going to put your cocktail ingredients into this mixing glass and you're going to add ice and you're going to add a lot of it. And I think, you know, sometimes people, you know, may not put enough, but you need to really fill the, the maybe halfway with at, at least with ice and you're going to have your cocktail sitting at the bottom. And then you're going to take your, your bar spoon, uh, which is the longer spoon that you have. And you're going to put it on the outside of the glass, inside the glass, but on the outside part, and you're going to push the ice around in a circular motion. When you're stirring a cocktail, you generally do the 30 to 45 seconds is generally the the rule of thumb. But, you know, if you want it more diluted, then you can stir it for longer. What I do is I usually put one hand on the bottom of my mixing glass. And as I'm stirring and I'm counting to 30 in my head, I am feeling the coldness uh, of the mixing glass increase. Like, so it's getting colder and colder. So you can actually feel the difference from when you start to stir to when you get to the 30 seconds that your cocktail has become more chilled. And, and the reason I'm bringing it up today is because the cocktail that I'm introducing to the show today was indeed a stirred cocktail. And I you know, stirred it in a mixing glass just the way I, I described it. So I don't know. Do you want to add anything to this? So first of all, when it comes to shaking a cocktail, the yes, the reason that you shake a cocktail, number one, is because you want you need to incorporate certain ingredients. But oftentimes the ingredients that you're adding in those particular cases are actually more prone to supporting aeration. So like citrus and eggs and thick, viscous uh, liquids like like syrup, they are going to capture and hold air bubbles better, which changes the mouthfeel. It makes a very silky kind of cocktail. Also, shaken cocktails will be colder than stirred cocktails, as you said, because you're diluting them more. One of the cool things that you can do if you want to just see how much water you're adding is measure your ingredients before you add ice and then measure the cocktail after that. 
and and then you can see how much water you have added by percentage, and and it really is significant. And you can compare the difference between stirring and shaking, which is also a really neat, fun thing to do, right? You see, oh yeah, I'm adding twenty five to thirty percent when I shake, and I'm adding. 15 to 20 percent when I stir and that also varies from from how how long you stir my cocktail today doesn't do either of those things because I'm adding water to it through another way and so I don't want any extra dilution I guess so that way we're covering all three of the uh, of the subjects today we are just like we planned it yeah fun fun to talk about the sciencey side so you're right it's not a tip it's just an educational tidbit exactly it's a it's a tidbit. It's tidbit of the day. <laughs> tidbit Good. of the day. Tidbit of the day. I like it, Matthew. Good tidbit. Good tidbit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, I think it's time to to break into my cocktail here. Hang on, I gotta finish mine. So I I am I'm drinking an original cocktail that I'm calling the ninth inning. And yes, it's a baseball reference. Uh, the reason I'm calling it the ninth inning is that it is a sweeter cocktail. That would probably be best after like dinner, right? So like a dessert cocktail maybe, but, but a digestif, a digestif. Exactly. And so, you know, since it's at the end, I, I decided to tie it into our baseball theme and, and call it the ninth inning. So what's in the ninth inning? Well, it's got two ounces of rye whiskey, three quarter ounce cherry hearing, a half ounce creme de cacao, one dash of Aztec chocolate bitters one dash of cherry bitters, and then a Luxardo cherry for garnish and an orange twist. And so what you're going to do is you're going to take all of the spirits and the bitters. You're going to add them to your mixing glass with copious amounts of ice. And you're going to mix, stir vigorously for 30 seconds until well chilled. And then you're going to strain it into a Nick and Nora glass. And you're going to garnish it by dropping one Luxardo cherry into the bottom of the glass and letting it sit there. And it's okay if a little bit of the syrup gets in there because this is a after dinner cocktail and you know, you're adding to that sweetness, but you don't need a whole lot of it. And then you're going to express the orange oils from the orange peel over your glass and you can discard the or- orange peel or keep it in the drink. It's up to you. Uh, so what you get when you drink this is you, you get the spiciness of the rye kind of hits your, your throat, but it's, and it's immediately replaced with the sweetness from the cherry and the creme de cacao. And then on the back, you get notes of that that chocolate bitters really kind of emphasizes the chocolate. And it's got this chocolatey finish. And it's almost got, you know, like those, those chocolate cordial like candies where you bite into the chocolates and the cherries in the middle. It definitely is a little reminiscent of that, obviously, because it has very similar, you know, taste profile. But the rye also kind of cuts into the sweetness a little bit. So it's not, it's not overly sweet but definitely on the sweeter side. And it's a very nice, tasty, sweet cocktail that I think really is a, I think it's a winner. I I really like it. And, you know, if you're into kind of a digestif or, you know, sweeter cocktails, this would be something to, to give a try. So that's what I'm drinking today, Ben, the ninth inning. This is fancy. I mean, it's fancy if it's an after after dinner drink, right? Yeah, this is a this is a this is a sixteen dollar after dinner cocktail. When everybody else is drinking their tea and their coffee, this is what you order, and then your wife looks over at you and gives you that disapproving look, and you just ignore her, <laughs> and she's mad. 
at this point, after 20 plus years, Ben, she's just, you know, just accepting it. Yeah. I mean, she's mad because she knows that now she's probably going to be driving and she doesn't know the half of it because you're getting an Irish coffee after this and she has no idea what's coming or two. No, I <laughs> I really do like this one. My brain says this is really rich, but but actually these are all very, there's no viscosity to any of these particular liqueurs. I mean, maybe the cherry hearing is the most, is the closest thing to having some some body to it. It doesn't come across as thin though. It, it definitely has some, some good mouthfeel to it, I think. Right, good. Because I think that's kind of what I would expect. I would definitely call this a dessert cocktail. <sighs> I don't know that it's a dessert cocktail. It's an after-dinner cocktail. It's like dessert adjacent. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's not a dessert cocktail because it doesn't have this overriding sweetness to it. It's, you're not right. adding sweetness. You're not adding, you know, you're getting the sweetness through the the liqueurs. So, yeah, I, I maybe not. Dessert is probably misleading. It's definitely a digestif. Sure. Right, right. And so so for all like the eight and 12 year olds, eight to 12 year olds that listen to our show, what I would say is, is that this cocktail does not sound nearly as good as you think it does. Yeah, they, they, they should stick with the mudslides and that kind of thing. Yeah, this is. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be the sweet, the sweet and chocolatey drink that you think it is. Matthew's absolutely right. You should stick to your bourbon mudslides. Note to self, we should add mudslides to our. Cocktail. We should add bourbon mudslides. Somebody should drink a bourbon mudslide on the show. Also, eight to twelve year olds, you shouldn't be listening to this show. And that was all for comedic effect, folks. Don't <laughs> do, come at me. We do not Don't. condone drinking by underage drinkers. That's right. We do not condone. We can neither confirm nor deny. Wait, no, sorry. We deny. We deny. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, the point is, what what I like about this cocktail is the rye, because I think that really kind of keeps this thing grounded, but at the same time adds this sort of like after dinner sophistication. Like if you were to order this at a bar without having eaten a big, massive meal before it, you're the shishi fufu guy. But you order this after you had a big, massive rack of lamb, rack of, you know, rack of venison. Yeah. With garlic mashed potatoes and... I like the balance of the rye against the cherry hearing and the creme de cacao, not just the cherry hearing in terms of its sweetness, because it is sweet, but also just in terms of the psychological effect or impact of those flavors. Well, because even though they're, they're not super sweet, right? Like they still imply sweetness. Yeah. Now, and, and it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, the first re- iteration of this was bourbon. I was going to ask. But it just came across as too cloying. It needed a more oomph on the whiskey side. And so so I went with rye the second time and that hit all the notes that I was looking for. I mean, that you need that spice. And and, you know, the, the I'm using just a Redwood Empire uh, rye, which is a great rye. I love it. But, you know, a Rittenhouse 100 proof rye probably would be really great in this. I didn't have that. Oh, yeah. Mm. And so a nice spicy rye to kind of, you know, counteract the sweetness of the others would would fit in really well. And and I think that makes it it definitely kind of create because that's really you get that spiciness when you take that first sip and then it's immediately replaced by the sweetness. And so. Yeah, and then it's and then like I said, at the end you're getting this chocolate cherry kind of, you know, taste. And so you're getting kind of three every sip has like three little moments that are each individually pretty cool. Yeah. Right. That's great. Okay. I wanna ask you another question just about one of your specific ingredients because I had that whole hunting and fishing thing that okay. I'm gonna have to cut out. 
And and so I want to be able to fill out this segment because we've actually kind of talked about your cocktail quite a bit, but I'm going to have to cut out so, so much. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you this question. Matthew, the creme de cacao, whenever I go to the store, I always just see one bottle and it... It just looks to me like it's the cheap version. Are there fancy versions of creme de cacao? Okay. Yes, there are fancy versions of creme de cacao. I did not use one of those. <laughs> okay. I used that cheap version, the, the Kuipers or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, I, I, that's what I got. And it's it's clear, you know, clear creme de cacao. They have dark and clear creme de cacao. I tend to use the clear one just because it's more versatile. Right. And if I want color to kind of be important in that. I, I like to have the the clear. So, yeah, I, but they do have fancier ones. I did not use that. OK, so you can and you can find the fancier ones. You can. Yeah. You know, Total Booze and More and stuff would, would definitely have you know options, I think. Right. Right. Options. OK. OK. And what does it taste like? Is it just sweet chocolatey? Yeah, basically. It's got a, a, a very chocolatey kind of flavor and and it's very sweet. Yeah. OK. All right. Well, lovely cocktail, Matthew. The ninth inning, a cocktail to drink after after your your, your venison, you know, and your yeah, after you've had your venison apparently. that you killed and cleaned yourself. <laughs> apparently. Anyway, Ben, what, what are you drinking? What do you? What did I drink? You mean? Yeah. Yes. What did you drink uh, while I was talking <laughs> about my ninth inning? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to pause and either go remake this or or make a, a corollary to it really quickly. But but before I do that, I can talk about it. It, it is empty, folks. I, I completely consumed my cocktail before we got to my part of the show. And that is unusual. And I didn't... It's unusual. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, when I was... I didn't think this was my best ever, Matthew. But it is actually a pretty interesting and smooth drinker. And I invented this off the cuff on last week's show. Did you? We Yeah. When we were talking, I think about the tip of the day, you mentioned it and then I mentioned it and we came up with a cocktail that I dubbed the hay fever. And then I thought to my, I just, I just couldn't get it out of my head after that. I couldn't get the hay fever out of my head. And I was like, I got to go make this. And I went through a few iterations. I think I said originally it should have vodka in it. But, folks, I changed my mind. This is essentially what we would call a highball cocktail. And it is gin-based. And here's what I did. I did an ounce and a half of gin. And then I did an ounce and a half of elderflower liqueur. And then I did somewhere between a quarter of a teaspoon and a teaspoon. I did this in many different ways. And I think I settled in a little bit about half a teaspoon, which is a lot of uh, absinthe. And uh, I combined all of those into a highball glass with ice. And then I gently stirred them to combine uh, because the elderflower liqueur does have a little bit of viscosity to it. And it creates a, well, when you look at it mixing, it creates this really weird, like, shimmery effect. Because as you can see, the sugar, I think, trying to mix with the alcohol from the and, and the water from the other, the, from the gin, a really interesting effect. So I gave that a gentle stir, and then I topped that off with club soda. And, and that is how you make a hay fever. So... 
I'll repeat it again. It's an ounce and a half gin. In this particular case, I'm using a Plymouth gin, which is a little bit more of a junipery and sweeter kind of profile than your standard London dry gin. It is Plymouth Gin is an interesting gin, by the way, because it's also it's it's basically its own brand, but also its own classification of gin. I think there are a few other gins out there that try to emulate it, but Plymouth Gin is often considered to be something different than than London Dry Gin, and so is considered to be its own category. But there's really only one brand of it, and and so that is what I'm using: an ounce and a half of that, an ounce and a half of elderflower liqueur, and then a quarter teaspoon to half a teaspoon of absinthe and then two to four ounces of club soda depending on your particular tastes i did also try this with with ginger beer and in that particular case i pulled back on the elderflower liqueur because the ginger beer brought a quite a bit of sugar with it and and then then it would become a little bit too sweet I think for those of you that use club soda, you might even want to pull back on the elderflower liqueur as well if you don't like a sweet cocktail very much because because I felt like that kind of held its own and I generally have a sweeter palate. I prefer sweeter things. So so anyway, that is how you make the hay fever. And as I said, like when I tasted this, it's not bad. It's really kind of interesting, right? You, you you can taste all of the individual ingredients. They're all complementary in that way that I intended for them to be when I was talking about making the hay fever, which is they're all very herbal. They're all very like, and the, the idea behind this cocktail was to be spring oriented, but you know, you got the allergies. Yes. And, and so that's what the absinthe was meant to, to sort of you know, replicate. It was just sort of like, it's like this sweet, it's not, it, you know, the gin and the elderflower together by themselves with the club soda, that would just be mellow and just kind of like, you know, understated. And you needed a little bit of something in there to like, you know, wake you up. You needed a little bit of itchiness in the eyeballs. You know what I mean? And that's what the absinthe is there. It's there to, it's there to make your eyeballs itch and your, but in a good way. <laughs> I was going to say, who, who doesn't love a eyeball itching cocktail, right? I mean, that's just... Sign yeah. me up. <laughs> you know, folks, really, like, I, I don't mind absinthe. I'm not a big fla- fan of that flavor, the anise flavor that, that comes with absinthe. But but in reality, over time, in my cocktail-making journey, I have come to appreciate absinthe quite a bit. And so, like, if I really wanted to use something to irritate me, I would have put Campari in here. <laughs> but I did that last week. No, absinthe, absinthe isn't bad. It just... It- it definitely, I mean, it's that black licorice kind of flavor and, and some people really don't like that. So it, I think it gets a little bit of a bad rap and then it, you know, go back to the early 1900s when it apparently killed people. And then, you know, it, it still has some of that kind of bad rap. <laughs> I think that was overstated. Yeah, it was overstated. And, and so absinthe is in small amounts really is a flavor enhancer. It adds that little oomph to whatever you're drinking you know, you see it like in the Sazerac and things like that. And so, you know, when you're misting your inside of your glass, you're not misting anything. You're just adding it straight into the the cocktail here. But I can see how that that little bit of flavor would really, you know, complement the elderflower. You know, it really, you know, kind of definitely is a good partner, I think, with that floral sweetness. So I could see that being a really good combination. It was. I mean, they all do really play well together. 
Yeah, they really do. And and but I do think the absinthe kind of does add a little bit of body to this cocktail to make it more interesting. But I do want to say that there's nothing wrong with this cocktail before that, right? If it's just gin and elderflower topped by club soda, that's a really nice combo. It's a very nice, right? refreshing cocktail. Yeah. Right. And that's like, that's what highballs are meant to be, right? Like a whiskey highball. And you and I were talking about this before we we did the show. It's like, it's like you know, a whiskey highball is really just two ounces of whiskey. And club soda. Know, and, clo- <laughs> and, and then four ounces of club soda. It's just watered down whiskey with bubbles. And but what that makes is a very refreshing cocktail where if you you just want to have something to to. Well, I mean, you know, for lack of a better image, like if you just want to have something while you're sitting on your rocking porch, talking to the 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 cornfields while you listen to the ba- baseball game on the radio, that's a perfect kind of, you know, cocktail to drink while you're doing that. Oh, I can't wait. Six more weeks, man. I know, right? But anyway, no, yeah, yeah. So, so, so. But I do want to point out really quickly, just to tie this back to our our tip of the day, because the methodology, right? Dilution is an important part of every cocktail, right? Well, not every cocktail, right? Like, uh, like the Negroni doesn't have dilution in it. Well, I guess it does. No, the Negroni is a stirred cocktail, isn't it? Yeah. You stir it, yeah, and I'm stirring the heck out of it when I make it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to drink a Negroni later. You got to listen to the baseball show to understand what that's all about, folks. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm adding dilution here by adding water directly. So no stirring. And that stirring that I do to combine the the elderflower liqueur and the gin, that is meant to combine those two liquids together, right? I could even do that without any ice in it, preferably, and then add the ice later, just to keep the dilution to an absolute minimum because I'm adding dilution in the form of the club soda. Once I add the club soda, I really don't want to stir it because stirring will destroy your bubbles. Okay, the more you stir a drink that has bubbles in it, the, the more you're going to pull out of that cocktail, those bubbles out faster. And so, and then your drinker won't be able to enjoy them. And since your drinker is you, you know, don't do that to yourself. Well, there you have it, folks. The ninth inning and hay fever. If you liked either of these cocktails enough to make them, or maybe you made something better. Totally plausible. <laughs> it is plausible this time. It is plausible. <laughs> Take a photograph of it. Or maybe don't disrespect me adding Campari to my cocktail. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Maybe, right? <laughs> and send it to us on <laughs> i don't blame scott though i don't blame scott <laughs> you lost me at campari too man well you know I, it's it's funny for a guy who hates campari so much i've been using it a lot recently because <laughs> you're a bitter bitter man that's why it's because i have a bottle of it and i need to get it out i need to get rid of it <laughs> i'm team scott all right well you know what scott and matthew both leave me alone i'm trying to finish that show <laughs> all right all right <sighs> Or just paint a word picture of it and send it to us on Instagram, the Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, Threads, or Mastodon. We love to interact with you all most of the time, and it really helps the show. You know what else helps the show, Matthew? Leaving us a positive rating on Apple Podcasts. And frankly, guys, you, you haven't, you've you kind of slacked off on this, so 
go right now, go to the Apple podcast thing and leave us a nice rating, some nice words, talk about how Ben is funny looking and, and, and just put some good stuff in there for us. That would be great. That's how you could help the show. Also telling a friend in law, casual acquaintance or complete stranger about the show. That also helps. Matthew, we actually have gotten a number of ratings on Spotify. Have we really? I don't think that I don't think they can leave comments. Okay. I haven't even been on Spotify lately. I have to check that. I think we've gotten up to five ratings. I do have to say though, something bad happened. One of those people gave us a four a four. Oh. We got a we got I, I hope this doesn't bring up bad memories for you matthew but we we got our first b no <laughs> okay i don't get b's man okay <laughs> what are you talking about what are you talking about i mean i know you don't get b's i had one b you get b. I had one b in my entire high school career all right <laughs> well now you have now you have two b's was it jorge martinez is that who gave me the gave us the four <laughs> It totally uh, probably yes. a math teacher. I didn't really look into it. I didn't log it. Okay, it was probably it was probably Farhan. Farhan did it. <laughs> it probably Farhan. was Farhan left us four out of five stars. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll see you all next Monday when we'll be drinking these very same cocktails while Matthew and I talk about. The first games of spring training. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. Because they that's Saturday. That's happening on Saturday. This is going out on Thursday. First game is on Saturday. So we'll be talking about that on Monday. See you then. Until then, Matthew. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Ben. Adios, everybody. I'm not going to do any kind of special goodbye this time, folks. I don't know what you want from me. Like... Like I, I'm, yeah. Just say goodbye. Just, just it's, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. Happy spring training. Enjoy the hay fever. Adios. Muchacho. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the hay fever. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. First of all, I've never shot anything, so I'm definitely going to the restaurant and assuming somebody else shot the food. I, I am not shooting my own. Food. I'm going to cut all this out, but I'm going to say it anyway, because maybe later <laughs> I'll decide that this is actually worth having in the show. But it also sounds like a lot of work, you know? <laughs> and so, like, hunting and fishing just sounds like a lot of work getting ready to go hunting and fishing. And then after you're hunting and fishing, you have a good hunting and fishing trip. What do you got? You got more work. Take it to like a butcher and they'll take care of that for you, though. Is that is that okay, though? Is that okay? Uh, that's the way I would do it. <laughs> uh, that is probably the way I would do it, too. But it doesn't sound like that's kosher. Like when I hear all those other dudes talk about it, they're all like, well, then I cleaned it out with my Bowie knife. And I'm like, David Bowie? <laughs> David Bowie sells knives? <laughs> Oh man! Okay, this will be the after. All right, but the they're getting, getting... conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes I have a hard time finding the material for after the yeah. thing. You yeah. know, so so at least we got to we got to create some of that too. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay. <laughs>